0: I am Chris Levine, and I will be your host again this time around. Welcome. There is a lot of concern in the world right now, and rightfully so, and I thought it would be appropriate to not ignore it. But before we begin this episode, there are a few things that I really want to emphasize. Right off is really important. I am completely politically neutral. I am apolitical, legitimately. Uh, If you're looking to find support for one side or another involving politics in the United States or in any other country, I'm just not your guy. Uh, I love people. I love culture. I love people that unselfishly want to help others. But I am completely politically neutral. My take on all of this in this episode is very simple to explore the psychology behind why politics don't work and why there's a difference between faith and simple belief. That said, again, right off the bat, it should be stated, and I'm very happy to tell you that I am very much a firm believer in God. Uh, My spirituality is the most important thing in my life. So when you hear me throughout this question, things like tradition, that's not the same thing as questioning God or the Bible at all. In fact, my being apolitical and my belief in God very much will work together to help explain this episode. You see, if we're being realistic, when one peels back the layers, there has never been a time in the history of human beings, where man has successfully ruled over man. There were periods that were less horrible than others, and there were little pockets of reasonableness along the way, but ultimately it never sticks. Every kind of government that has been tried has either proven ineffective or has just gone away altogether There are even theories that people have that ultimately governments themselves are never actually in control of anything, rather the money point people that back them call the shots, which doesn't seem all that unreasonable given world conditions at any given time in our history. Agendas take precedence over humanity. Greed comes before care personal gain comes before everything. Now, I'm not being bleak. It probably sounds like it, but I'm really not. It's interesting to me that when I share this opinion, often I'm told that, why are you so negative? You know, maybe if I worked hard to support a candidate or a political agenda, that something might happen. In other words, I'm the problem by my not getting involved is that true? Well, let's see. Let's just take the United States, since that's where I live. Which party should I support? This would be a great place to start, because immediately we're going to run into a few problems. First off, I couldn't be what one considers conservative, or what another considers liberal. Neither group actually defines my ideals and the things that I believe in. And if we're being honest, the hypocrisy in both camps is astounding. There are no worse examples of people that consider themselves to be Christians, in my opinion, than the self-righteous, judgmental, and in most cases, completely phony, political, conservative, Christian politicians. There is no doubt in my mind that these are the people that Jesus would have driven out of the temple for conducting business there. There is something so totally not Christ-like going on when the mentality is overwhelmingly one of, let the poor take care of themselves, and especially when the poor either has a last name that I can't pronounce or has a bit darker skin tone than I do. True, the Bible does say that a man should work to be able to eat, But when a system is completely set up against you, that might be easier said than done. Jesus Christ healed people. He didn't ask about their pre-existing conditions. So I must be a liberal, right? Nope. I can't get behind that either. Here's why. Liberals tend to have a wonderfully awful tendency to claim that they're open to everything, they're open to everyone's ideas, unless your idea disagrees with theirs and then suddenly they become conservative. So question, if I don't agree with a popular liberal agenda, does this automatically mean that I'm being closed-minded by choosing to possess my own non-politically motivated thoughts? that's what a liberal would accuse me of because it does not fit their agenda, which I find funny because it completely goes against what the concept of being liberal means. With this, often this group tends to take the other extreme by either subtly or directly bashing Christianity. Again, I don't understand this because liberal thinking is live and let live, not live and let live unless I disagree with you. That's not liberal thinking in its truest sense at all. How do I know so much about this? Well, I'll give you a little bit of where I think I have freeness of speech. I was raised in Southern California. That's my heart and my home. And now I live in Texas, which is where I literally live. This gives me a huge widescreen view to so much of what happens politically. Think about it. In Southern California, I was schooled that people, say, from Texas were probably racist and extreme and cared more about oil and money than they do people. Then I moved to Texas and was told that Californians are essentially all flighty, un-American weirdos who need Jesus. And if destroying a national park means giving the U.S. more money, don't be a tree hugger. Be realistic. Take the money. How can I get behind either of these extremes when I am fully convinced that they're both wrong? Again, I can say that because I've lived in both places. In both places, there are sick people, poor people, wealthy people, extremely wealthy people, extremely, extremely wealthy people, nice people, horrible people, and regular people of all cultures, just trying to make it. But one group, has individualized media catering to them, and the other has the same thing on their end. And of course, if you see it on the internet or hear it on the news, it has to be true, right? I just find it all ridiculous. If I was born in Iraq or Vietnam at various times in modern history, I might be taught from birth to hate the United States of America. Being born in the United States of America, I have been told at various times to hate, for example, the Middle East. But the ridiculous part of all this is that it's a result of being born in a location that I didn't choose. No one did. Yet so many seem to buy into pride and nationalism like their being born in a specific country had anything to do with their deciding to be there. The dice just landed where it landed. If it landed on America for you at birth, you're proud to be an American. Well, what if it landed in Ireland or Japan? Well, you'd be proud to be Irish or Japanese. There is no skill involved in this. People are randomly patriotic, sometimes to the death, simply per the cards that they were dealt, that they had nothing to do with making that decision. As long as people are in positions of leadership, there will never be global peace on this earth. I I don't mean to sound negative, but we may be the best citizen in the world, but we can't control what our next door neighbor is going to do. We can write and sing as many protest songs as we want. These may make us feel good. Someone's life may be changed by them, but I'm sorry. Global world peace is absolutely never going to happen as long as greedy, money-driven, agenda-seeking human beings are globally in charge. Man cannot do it. All of history proves that. Now, very important to this discussion, I believe in God completely which I'm sure both the conservatives and the liberals can wholeheartedly mock based on what I just said. Yet ultimately being mocked for believing in something not popular with the masses, it really doesn't influence me. I mean, just look at the masses. Their agendas have absolutely nothing to do with my ethics, goals, or aspirations. Actually, in most cases, biblically speaking, Their agendas have nothing to do with God's ethics, purposes, or expectations either. Let's take this further. When we believe in something, be it political or religious, what does that mean? Is there a difference between believing in something and having faith in something? See, belief and faith are clearly different animals. And in truth, they may not even be of the same species. Take this as an example. One can believe they know their next-door neighbor. They know their name. They say hello sometimes, maybe see a little of their routine activities. But does that necessarily mean that they have faith in their next-door neighbor? Would they trust them enough to watch their kid? Not necessarily, because they know them, but they don't really know them. I find it interesting how many people claim to believe in things that they don't truly have faith in and vice versa. Now, that's not to say that one can't occasionally have doubts. That can happen. It's part of life, in all fairness. But I'm thinking more of how people blindly do things either based on tradition or routine without even knowing why they do them. This is especially true when it comes to religious beliefs. Let's say, for example, it's April. At some point within that month, Many very, very sincere people who truly consider themselves to be devout Christians will be celebrating Easter. Uh, Most of these have celebrated Easter since birth and have done so for decades. Now Easter, as I understand it, is supposed to be the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That in itself sounds very noble, but where I initially got confused in this process is when the bunnies entered into the picture. It's actually very interesting to read about how the traditions of rabbits and eggs got involved in a celebration that was supposed to be about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It not only has nothing to do with Jesus Christ, but these were completely merged into the idea with pagan spring festival traditions, primarily directly in tandem with a fertility goddess There was a fertility goddess that was worshipped named Oster or Ostara, uh, the Anglo-Saxon goddess of the dawn and spring. That's where your eggs came from. That's where your rabbits came from. Now, what I find even more interesting is that religions, considering themselves to be completely Christian in nature, often know this is the case, but do it anyway. Case in point, I'm going to quote to you from the Catholic Encyclopedia it actually states the following. I'm just going to read it to you. A great many pagan customs celebrating the return of spring gravitated to Easter. The egg is the emblem of the germinating life of early spring. The rabbit is a pagan symbol and has always been an emblem of fertility. Now, whether one chooses or not to incorporate pagan traditions into their Christian celebration is not my place to decide. But my question is this, how many people who do this ever realize that they're doing this or where it came from or why they're doing this? I don't mean this in a self-righteous way, but I've read the Bible personally from cover to cover a number of times And I've never found any mention of the early Christians ever celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, they commemorated and were told to remember his death quite clearly, but not his resurrection. See, that process came later in history and was directly tied into these fertility traditions. This illustrates to me the faith versus belief paradox very well. For example, the Bible is extremely clear about avoiding the serving of who it refers to as false gods, or getting involved into what it constitutes to be false religious practices. Yet people who honestly claim to believe in the Bible openly celebrate Easter, which in a very non-subtle way is doing both of these things. So do they have faith in the Bible? Do they truly believe in the Bible? Or is this just what they believe because tradition has won out over the Bible? Do they even know why they're doing what they're doing? The answer to this is that, again, there's a difference between stating a belief and actually having faith in something. Guys, I could tell you, don't drink poison. If you were to say, I believe you, Chris, that would not be a good idea for me to drink. But you drank it anyway. Did you have any faith in my warning? No, you heard me. You agreed with me. But if you did it anyway, you had no faith in what I just said. So try this. The next time a tradition in the name of religion or a principle or a religious event is in front of you, ask yourself, why am I doing this? Where did it come from? If I'm a Christian, is this something the Bible supports or something that it rejects? See, then you can really get behind it and believe it and then really have faith in it. Here's where I'll close. God, I can completely get behind. No question. My creator would obviously know what was best for me. I don't blame God for the people that exploit God. So I'm all in. And that includes after lots of study, completely trusting the Bible and its counsel by all means, no matter what the flavor of the week is or how popular it is or isn't in the world. If my completely believing in God and the Bible makes you not like me, well, that would sadden me. But ultimately, I guess I'm okay with that. See, my more important goal is for God's friendship and approval. If I have yours too, great. But that's what I'm shooting for. I'm going to stick with my creator. So then what's the final word? Ultimately, in a world of people ruling people, and false religion based on monetary gain and or fear and guilt I recommend do your homework don't be swayed by tradition only and be careful I'm Chris Levine and I approve this message we once again have arrived at the time on refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist that was made to complement this episode We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast, Religion and Politics and Bears, Oh My, playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast-Religion and Politics and Bears, Oh My. Track number one, Bob Marley and the Wailers, with a track off their Rastaman vibration record called War. Number two, Fortunate Son by Creedence Clearwater Revival. Number three, an almost hypnotic long jam by the Stone Roses called Fool's Gold. Number four is the artist Kanye Doss with her song Wishful Thinking. I interviewed her, she was really cool. She was actually a teacher of special needs children before her recording career. Number five is the JXL remix of A Little Less Conversation by Elvis Presley. Number six, New Order with Confusion. Number seven is a song called Snap Out of It by Arctic Monkeys. Number eight, a nice older track, A World Without Love by Peter and Gordon. Number nine is Chemical World by Blur, and number 10 is the iconic Many Rivers to Cross by Jimmy Cliff. That is our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify, just type in Refresher Podcast-Religion-Politics-and-Bears, ref and, politics and bears. oh my. We'd like to welcome some new listeners to our little show. Our demographics reports show that we now have listeners in Asheville, North Carolina, in Shelbyville, Indiana, and we broke more new ground with some listeners in Norway. My goodness. Welcome to Refresher, everybody. Like I always say, this show simply wouldn't exist without you. If you could all do me a favor, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, you can make a small monthly contribution. It can be as little as 99 cents a month. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. You can also check out our website for all things refresher at refresherpodcast.yolasite.com for Refresher Gear, as well as all of my books and links to friends of our show. Speaking of which, when you're there, check out our friends at Leafy, DesignCraft, and of course, at the Managing Expectations podcast. Again, that's all found at our home base at our website, refresherpodcast.eolasite, Y-O-L-A-S-I-T-E dot com. As usual, The band that begins and ends this podcast is Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by none other than Mr. John Villafuerte. Until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor, and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time. Thank you.